I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Spider-Sam, Spider-Sam, does whatever a Spider-Sam does. He's so cute, he likes to sleep. He is a cat and he is so great. Watch out, here comes a Spider-Sam. For those who don't know, Sam is our cat. <laughs> Slash Spider-Man. Hello and welcome, it's us, your friendly neighbourhood podcasters. Yeah! My name's Lonnie, I'm here with my girlfriend, Sine. Hello. We do a movie review podcast called I Only Like You. This week we're taking a bloody trip back to memory lane. N- nostalgia court? We're doing all the old Spider-Mans. Spider-Man 1, 2, and 3, directed by Sam Raimi. The Tobey Maguire ones, the good ones. Yep. The two good ones, plus number three. We'll get into that. Plus, The Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2, Rise of Electro, apparently. It's his full title. Oh, really? Yeah, apparently. The Andrew Garfield ones. Directed by? Mark Webb. Perfect. So we're both Tobey Maguire people, aren't we? Yeah. He came out right when we were kids, and he was our Mm Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. I still kind of like Andrew Garfield and his movies, but obviously they've got flaws, and we'll go into that. Yeah. And do you like Spider-Man as a character? I like certain elements of Spider-Man as a character, mm. and not all of the movies focus on the elements that I like. What elements do you like? I like the nerdy kid, mm-hmm. the little boy genius. I like the photography Peter Parker, and I okay. like the fighting crime bit. I don't like the arrogance and then the dweebiness. Mm-hmm. Of the character, and I'm not sure if the smartassness is a thing that's. See, that's the thing. I don't know if these are like traits that are indicative of Spider-Man himself as a character, mm-hmm. or if these are just different actors' takes on the character. Well, sounds like you you like Peter Parker more than you like Spider-Man. I think I do. <laughs> just described. I think in the comics, it's kind of like when he's Spider-Man, he can be everything that he's not as Peter Parker. So that's why he gets a bit yeah, smart-arsy. like a like a Batman. Sort of thing. Kind of, yeah. And he's always talking back and being funny and sassy. Yeah. But you're right. I'm not sure that the films have ever really captured that side. To which I had a bloody brainwave when we were watching Spider-Man. Do you remember what I said to you? No. I said Spider-Man is the original smart aleck character. And everyone's like, oh, Deadpool's so great. Deadpool says what he really thinks. Deadpool's Mm. the truth. What's the Spider-Man's? He's all... Bit of this, bit of back chat when he's chat, yeah. when he's stringing up his criminals. It's true. Yeah, the the obsession with Deadpool's a bit weird, I reckon. Anyway, we're not here to talk about Deadpool. We're here to talk about the Spider-Mans. So what we thought we'd do is look at each individual film, then review that series. Yeah. And then overall thoughts. And that's kind of our predictions for what we want about the new Spider-Man. Yeah. So the first one, Spider-Man. I remember when this first came out, I think I was too scared to see it in the cinema because I thought it was going to be scary because I would have been nine, I think. That's so cute. So what did you do? Wait till it was on DVD? 
well, I think I must have seen it on DVD a bit later. And then I remember we had Spider-Man 2 on DVD. I watched that all the time. Mm-hmm. And then for some reason I never got onto Spider-Man 3 and watched it on. Bet you regretted that. Well, <laughs> I saw half it on TV and then we went back and watched it this last week and that's when I, I've i seen the whole thing from right. start to finish. So you've probably seen the first one the most? Or second no, one probably most? number two. Oh, really? Okay. But I'm going to call it now. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man is the best one. I agree. Everyone's talking about number two being the best one. Number one is the best example of a comic book movie ever. Full stop. You, you reckon it's the best period. ever? Absolutely. Right, okay. What about Dark Knight? No. Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Everything is perfect. Everything has its place. All the elements are done perfectly. Training montage, tick. Discovery of powers, tick. I just love everything about it. Everything. It was, I never realized how brilliant it is as a film until you're rewatching it and you're like, oh, that's so cool. And for me, nothing will ever take away from the feeling of seeing him climb that wall for the first time. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's so cool. And something that's great in all these films is the way that they capture the swinging between buildings mm-hmm. is just. Perfect. I don't think they've ever done a poor job at that. It's incredible. Yeah, it's still lucky in the first ones. The CGI, it's, pretty, it's a bit outdated, but it's because it's you know, 15 years old. Yeah. But that's fine. It still looks great. You're right. And you still get that exhilaration, don't you? Yeah. And I didn't feel it was too on the nose, the CGI in this. Sometimes I watch no. films and I have a really hard time like mm. seeing them because I'm like, oh, that's just so fake. It looks so fake. I think perhaps what Spider-Man has done so well looks so much better in comparison to all the the shitty origin stories you've seen since. I think yeah. maybe it looks a lot better because of how great it is. You're right, it hits everything. That first half hour especially when he's getting yeah. his powers. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. And the thing is I think now maybe it seems a bit cliche story-wise yeah, with because... a lot of the foreshadowing, but that's because this was the epitome yeah. of... First one did it, yeah. Yeah, comic book origin stories and mm-hmm. then every other film since in marvel dc you name mm-hmm. it has tried to emulate this same feeling and the reason why i think it's cliche now is because it's been built on so much mm. and actually it's just really cohesive all the foreshadowing everything's mm-hmm. come from somewhere everything's got a meaning yeah i don't know i i love it i thought it was brilliant and one thing i really loved about the first one and i know we saw a review saying something similar it's the way that they balance the sort of campy moments of mm-hmm. Spider-Man and his sort of, oh, he's a bit dorky, he's got a love interest, Mary Jane, with the serious moments with Uncle Ben, that iconic scene, and, like, mm-hmm. finding the criminals and when he... I mean, that whole sequence of letting the guy go in the elevator, I've never seen a sequence that made me feel like that. Like, I remember the first time watching that and you're being like... like yeah, go Spider-Man. Like, you're yeah, stick it to the man, that kind of thing. And then you're like, oh, my God, we, we did this. We did this. I've been involved yeah. in Uncle Ben's murder. Like great it's power, just... great responsibility. It really hits home straight away. So good. Yeah, it's so great. That that sequence is probably one of the best superhero sequences. Yeah, yeah. What do you like about the first one? Well, looking back, it, it, it's a lot campier than I remembered. And that's something you probably don't pick up on when you're a kid. Now, and especially since we've had all the gritty reboots of all the superheroes just recently, mm. it is a bit funny. There are some bits where you kind of like. You laugh at it and it knows it's being funny and silly. Yeah. And that's okay though because it embraces it and gets the tone right. Some of you know, Green Goblin stuff is probably a bit over the top, but 
Willem Dafoe sells it so well. I know. You can't even be mad with him, can you? You can't. And it's bloody Willem Dafoe. Like, yeah. just turn up and I'll, I'll love you. I think that this Aunt May is the best Aunt May. Nothing against Sally Fields. Oh, Sally Fields is a great actor. And or Marissa Tomei, but we'll get into that. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. But, yeah. This is Aunt May for me. It's iconic Aunt May. The same as Toby as Spider-Man. Like, yeah, and Uncle Ben, this Uncle Ben. I know. Even though Martin Sheen is wonderful. Yeah, I just... James Franco, I think James Franco is better when he's being charming. Yeah. When he's a bit conflicted and he's trying to be a, a villain or trying to be an arsehole. He's, he's not, not great, as good. is he? No. And I remember the whole Mary Jane love story being a bit better when I was a kid. At, mm. at, it's we, we were thinking that weren't we like yeah. they didn't really know each other until this even though they were like living next door to each other and then mm. and now at by the end of the movie oh you're my best friend spider-man i don't know yeah and i don't particularly like the damsel in distress stuff you mentioned it all, oh all my the same God. what do you what do you like what do you every mention? bloody film there are like five shots of close-ups of females screaming yeah oh my god i hated it so much <laughs> yeah it's got something going on there <laughs> I, I hate that i hate i hate that so much i hate the damsel in distress thing mm. mary jane's effing useless and i know that our nostalgia is clouding our review of this oh, film a hundred percent but there's just something so sweet about this film mm-hmm. that i i really there is to. yeah and that's that's the thing about spider-man he is sweet i don't think he He's not as good when he's gritty. He's got to have a certain innocence about him because he's a bit younger. Well. You know, and then he matures as the story goes on. I think I said this to you earlier. Hmm. I actually think Spider-Man as a character suits campier, lighthearted movies mm-hmm. more than sleek, special effects, heavy Iron Man kind of movies, right? Mm. Because Spider-Man as a character is a bit rough around the edges. He's a kid. He doesn't really know what he's doing. He doesn't have all the bells and whistles that bloody Robert Downey Jr. has. And so that's going to be difficult coming into next week then is, to see how you feel. It is, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Because I, I can't imagine, and I don't want a Spider-Man gritty reboot by Christopher Nolan, you know? I don't mm. want that. I don't think that suits the character. And unfortunately, we think that superhero films, I think, need to be really gritty and, like, dark and have lighting changes. Well, and... I think that's part of the attempt to legitimise them as they're not just for kids. We've yes. got to make them a bit grittier a bit so ab- adults can like, like look them. at um, Logan, mm. you know. And that suits Wolverine, obviously. Abs- that suits his character, so, right? But I don't think that suits Spider-Man's suits character. Spider-Man. So... But I, I'm putting my predictive cap on now. I think that'll be part of the battle that Spider-Man... Tom Holland comes up against yeah. when he yeah. he is you know, this poor kid from Queens who is suddenly friends with Iron Man and then he's perhaps not going to do what Iron Man says, so we'll see. Yeah. I, I, hopefully they don't just miss that part of the character and they do, do yeah, something with it. Yeah, I agree. Anyway, we'll see. All right, I want to talk about my two biggest things I like about the film. Okay. Play my mum. Kiss in the rain. Oh, it's brilliant, isn't it? And Iconic. The, and the fact that we know that you know, he almost drowned and she was freezing to death and whatever. Mm. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, that's what um, old mate said in the Cinema Wins yeah, YouTube video. It yeah. is, yeah. Because it's fine. It, it's still better. It's still good. It's, yeah. it's the best moment. Like, mm-hmm. name name a moment that a superhero film has done that is as iconic as that kiss. You can't. You can't. I'll and wait. I'm not hearing you if you can't. <laughs> name a more iconic moment. I'll wait. <laughs> you just said. And the shining star of all these films, J.K. Simmons. Oh, my God. Our boy. 
It's not our boy. He's yes, no, sir. Hello. No, he'll throw a symbol at our head. His character and J. Jonah Jameson is amazing. Pitch perfect. He's the best thing about all the films, really. Yeah. I think there's something to be said in the fact that they didn't recast that role for the Andrew Garfield films. Yeah. How's he going to be? He's in um, Justice League as Jim Gordon. JK. So. I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. We love J.K. Simmons, and I don't think anyone has been more perfectly suited for a role mm-hmm. than he was for that. Yeah. Hugh Jackman, maybe? Well, maybe, well, I, yeah. actually, No, I think Hugh Jackman made the role suit him. Yes. Perhaps J.K., he walked off the body comic book page. He, he did, absolutely, so, absolutely. Yeah. It is pretty cool. I also love the slow-mo punch at school with Flash. Mm, that is a cool moment. I mean, that's and really it, cool. When and he goes past him. Yeah, and he's figuring it out and stuff, sense. you know. I don't know, I'm just a sucker for all these moments because they were kind of the first example of all these things. Mm-hmm. And I know just because it's the first doesn't mean it's the best, but in this case I think it is. Okay, well said. Now, Spider-Man 2. Mm-hmm. What's its full title? Spider-Man 2. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was before they had to have little um, taglines tag yeah. after them as well. Right. So this is on the Doc Ock. Mm-hmm. And lots of people say it's the best superhero film ever. Yeah, I find that interesting. And it's certainly very good. It is but very good. Perhaps I was hoping it would be better because people say that, like, you know, mm. the expectations are raised there. Still, I, it's still really good, though. I think I've also seen this one the most because for some reason they seem to play number two a lot on TV, but not number one. Well, flashback to my birthday last year. Yes. We went out to dinner with friends and then we went to McDonald's <laughs> to get an ice cream. <laughs> because we're... Classy as F. <laughs> <laughs> and they were playing this. They were playing the iconic train scene. Yeah. And even though it had no sound, we were all wrapped with attention. We were, we? yeah. Because, I don't know. I know, again, nostalgia's clouding our judgment with this. But for me, it's a great film, Spider-Man 2. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't have what one number one did. The wow factor or the, the novel factor or the sweet factor? What factor? Is it missing? <laughs> the above all the factors yeah. <laughs> um so if number one was a 10 out of 10 this would be a 9 out of 10 for me okay that's still pretty good yeah absolutely mm-hmm. the things that i didn't love was i didn't know that peter necessarily earned the love of mary jane at the end and like i know he's been through hell and everything and he's loved mm-hmm. her from afar for so long and oh my god it's amazing but if you look at it from her perspective, she hardly knew this guy until, you know, a year ago or whatever. Yeah. He's always letting her down. He's never been there for anything. Yeah, she knows that's because he's Spider-Man, but he never really explains that. Never really apologizes. He saves her, I guess, but you know. Yeah. Just because you save somebody doesn't mean they have to love you. Exactly. And, and she's dating an astronaut. I know. <laughs> Yeah, a really rich astronaut. Who is Daniel Gillies from Vampire Diaries, which I talk about every bloody episode, <laughs> but he looks so strange. Mm. Anyway, um, my point is I'm worried that this trope of the nice guy just getting in the girl at the end because he's the nice guy perpetuates that stereotype in society, and I'm worried that, that mm. this film has elements of that, and that's what I don't like about it. Well, and even when he does the, he, you know, or goes his powers yeah. to have a normal life, 
I guess in that bit he's a better person and finally sees a yeah. play and stuff, but it's not like automatically everything's fixed and mm. he's suddenly a viable prospect for her. You're right. He, they're together because they're together, not because yes. he really obviously earned it. So yeah, that is probably a bit of a drawback. Also, just question. In the scene in the bank when he's there with Aunt May mm-hmm. and then Doc Ock comes in. Yeah. And next minute Spider-Man's there. Mm. And she's captured again by a yeah. villain. From Aunt May's perspective, your nephew just ran away from a crime and left you to bloody die. But she knows, doesn't no, she? I, okay, I do not believe she does. But then when he loses his powers and then she's moving out of her house and she's she's paying the kid across the road $5 to help move house, that's... <laughs> I was outraged. Is that your that. biggest issue with the film? <laughs> I feel like, what's his name? Henry Jenkins is not getting a good. Maybe good go it's here. like the the money thing, inflation. I think five dollars <laughs> in two thousand. Maybe it was worth a bit more back then. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> well, she just got a good deal. Maybe she's a savvy businesswoman. Well, yeah, she's exploiting labor. Yeah. Yeah, you know. Anyway, my point is, he runs away from all these scenes. Yeah. My point is, she basically tells him, "All oh, the kids need Spider Man again," mm. and she's looking at him, like giving him the evil eye, and no, he's like, "No, not. I guess so." She's not giving him the evil eye. I think people are reading too much into that performance. I really do. Well, why would you else would she say it? Because what? she's a daughter- doddering old lady who's like, what? "Oh, I love Spider Man. Spider Man resembles Hope. How lovely." You got to hold on that one second longer. He, oh, when he, he held on. Okay, I'll take it back. The train scene. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. The train sequence is the best. It is the best. It is the best. I've never seen – it's my favourite fight scene in any film ever. And when they carry him, oh, yeah. like he's Jesus I, I back in this. That, oh. that really impacted me as a kid when they were like, he's just a kid when they look at him. And then they're like, they we put, won't tell anybody. They put the mask back on him. And that was enough for him because he just needed recognition from mm. one person that he was, mm. oh. And it, it's good how he tries various ways to stop the train because in some, yeah. like, I love Superman, but if Superman was there, he would just stop it. Just fix it first time, but yeah. But Spider-Man, as you said, he's right around the edges. He's, mm-hmm. He has to try really hard and often screws up. And he has to try so many different ways and he only just saves them. I love that, end. though. I love that. It's not just fixed in one go, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Like, I love Batman as well, but he'd have something on his belt that it would just stop it. Yeah. Or, you know? It, he would save everybody. Spider-Man just does it. And even mm. then... And <laughs> I love the bit where Doc Ock turns up and all the New Yorkers on the train are like, oh, you want to go to him? And yeah, go through go us. And so he's like, all right, and it just is. smash him. <laughs> I love that little, you know, we, yeah, we, we like that good. when they um, play with expectations. Yes, absolutely, yeah. Doc Ock is such a cool character. Performance is incredible. Mm-hmm. And the robotics and animation of those tentacles. Yeah. God, it holds up, doesn't it? Well, like They were a mix between people actually controlling with puppets? each tentacle. That's yeah. so cool. Oh, what about, oh, we talked about the amazing train sequence. What about the sequence where he's waking up in the hospital, Doc Ock? Yeah, I don't want to talk about okay. that. <laughs> a bit too scary. Is it know, how scary? did that traumatise us as kids? How do we deal with it? I, I honestly don't remember watching that through. <laughs> did you block it out? I honestly you? think I blocked it out as a traumatic childhood memory. You left the room while it happened. <laughs> I closed my eyes, something happened. Fair enough. There's so many good sequences, really. Yeah. This, this film is amazing. Another thing I don't like about it, though, is I'm not sure about Harry's journey 
Oh, yeah. Shall we say? Yeah. <laughs> I don't buy it. I don't buy why he's angry at Spider-Man. I was reading about this on Reddit the other day about Spider-Man. It came up in a thread. And they just mentioned that all of Harry's problems could be solved by a five-minute conversation with Spider-Man yeah. slash Peter Parker. Yeah. If Peter Parker or Spider-Man were just like, oh, by the way, your dad was Green Goblin and that's why. That's what happened. He tried to kill Spider-Man. That's Yeah, and that's why. And I and didn't kill him, you know, intentionally, but through negligence or yeah, whatever. This is, this is one of my problems with it. Peter Parker doesn't try and do that sort of stuff. And I guess it's part of his character. He's awkward and whatever, but he could have just mentioned it, what happened, what, what really happened, and he would have saved his friend from all this trauma. Yeah. And I guess... I guess he doesn't want to tell him because he's like he wants to keep the memory of his dad and no. whatever. But his dad was a dickhead anyway, so Yeah, like what are you what are you really tampering with there? Yeah. What's he gonna lose? Yeah. I just don't buy that storyline yeah, to be I honest. I know, it's it's one it's, of the weaker parts. And they're, yeah. they're building towards number three, obviously, but I know, I know. Even then, you know. I, f- I feel like even if I thought my best friend had killed my dad, I'd want a conversation with him to work it out. He just wants to go straight to being supervillain, doesn't he? Well, here's my thing though. If your best friend killed your dad wouldn't you want to know what happened you want to know all the details yeah, wouldn't you? you just go straight to and he doesn't want to him. know i just find that so strange it's just yeah really weird my favorite thing about number two though mm-hmm. is probably the ending yeah where i, I know what you mean yeah. she turns up in her dress and she's in the door and she's... yeah it's a bit cliched and a bit whatever i love when she runs through the park in the wedding dress yeah it's, cool. it's beautiful the best bit is when he has to leave because he's spider-man and we watched a review, was it Cinema Wins? Yeah, same dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when at the end, it's very The Graduate-esque where mm. has she made the right decision, you know, he's gone off. And, oh, my God, would that have been a strong point to end the series? I'm really not a fan of people just ignoring facts because it doesn't suit them and their agenda, but I'm about to do it because in my mind I don't want to admit that Spider-Man 3 happened this is where it ended. Imagine that as the perfect mm. end for the film, right? Oh, oh, it would have been brilliant. It would have been brilliant because it would have been minimalist and it would have held back and it would have been like, I'm not giving you all the answers. Maybe it was a good ending, maybe it wasn't. Who knows? They're off on their journey. End of story. Two fantastic films, two five out of five. Call it quits. That's not what happened. Yeah, I know. Spider-Man 3 happened in 2007. Same director, same cast. But supposedly lots of studio meddling about certain characters being shoehorned in. First two films are really cool. We had we had two villains, two strong villains. Mm-hmm. Also, we had time for Spider-Man's story and yep. we had time for Harry's journey. Yep. As dodgy as it was at certain points. Yeah. And Mary we, Jane. Mary Jane. With her, her dad. Act, and acting career and stuff. That was all... Yeah, like there's plenty going on in these films already, right? As mm-hmm. well as you know, Uncle Ben in the first film, mm-hmm. and Pete's journeys, Pete's attempts of you know balancing life and yeah, yeah, eating chocolate cake and milk with the weirdo girl. Yeah, that, that was weird. That was weird. <laughs> anyway, but... I'm saying they're already quite full of these films. All of a sudden, we've got three main villains in Spider-Man Three, and it's not very good. It's the whole film's not very good at all. So I I hadn't seen it before. Ever. Mm-hmm. I think I'd seen like a scene when it was on TV once or that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I knew Venom was in it. And I knew. Well, barely in it, hey. And I knew people didn't like the film. Yeah. And I kind of approached it with, oh, it can't be that bad. People are probably just a mm. bit, you know, uppity about it. It's going to be fine. It's not. Like, <laughs> it's, 
awful. It's pretty much that bad. And I find it so interesting that a franchise can have such perfect examples of its genre mm. with one and two and such shit versions of the genre mm. with number three. Like, it's just from zero to ten, like, they're, they're mm. miles apart, these films. Mm. And I can't even believe that it's the same franchise and that it even belongs together because this just feels like a completely separate movie where it's very weird. It's... people act so illogically. And that's my biggest thing with films. It makes no sense why any of them do anything. So May's dream is to be the logic police Yes. on films. And someone tried to tell me once that was the role of the producer, but no, I want the role to be called the logic police and I want a jacket and maybe a hat. A whistle? I'd love a whistle. I'll take a whistle. So they're about to shoot a scene where something illogical is happening. And I'll be like, nope, peanut butter jar wouldn't be there. Yeah. You come in. Peanut shut butter. Shut it down. Yeah, shut it down. We're fixing this. They wouldn't have peanut butter. Moving on. Oh, maybe it'll happen one day. Maybe. I know we have a rule where we're not supposed to like talk through movies when we watch them together because mm-hmm. you get really annoyed at me. But I spoke a lot through this one because that was so frustrated. So what are your complaints with it then? What are you actually... My actual complaints are yes. the Sandman's character makes no sense. And that's strange because often he is held up as an example of what's good about this film, but I agree. It was stupid. I understand he's got a sick daughter, but he doesn't seem to want to do much to help his daughter. He steals money and then what? Doesn't, like We never see the daughter again. No, we never see it again. We never see, I would have loved a scene at the end where Spidey had gone to see the daughter or even Peter Parker had out yeah. of disguise, just gone, hey, how you doing? And then left some money under a pillow. I don't know, something. No. So his tragic backstory everyone talks about, isn't that tragic? Because he's just a, a nothing character. Nothing to him. And all of a sudden, at the end, he wants to kill Spider-Man for no reason. That's what I don't get. So if his motivation is to help his sick child... He could have told Spider-Man this when he was robbing the bank. Yeah. So all Spider-Man has done is prevent him from getting in the way of that, right? Like in the truck and everything. Surely if you're going to rob a bank in New York and Spider-Man's there and Spider-Man turns up, you're kind of like, all right, I understand. Fair enough. (laughs) Okay. Fair enough, Spider-Man. Thank you. But here's my thing. Spider-Man should only be a villain for the Stan-Man when... Spider-Man is preventing him from getting what he wants, mm. right? After that. After that, why does he give a shit about him? Yeah. Move on. You go could, save your daughter. You could go do something else with your daughter. You keep saying you want to save your daughter and get him mm. all his money and stuff, but instead you spend half of the film trying to kill Spider-Man. Why? Yeah. Here's an idea, man. Go find, like, you know, the a rich guy and go, go find him and be like, I'm Sandman, I can kill you for me. Give me all your money. Yeah. Do that Done. instead. Solved. And then what are they going to do? They're going to believe this guy? He's like, oh, a sad man told me he's going to give me his money? No. You've got a million dollars. Get your daughter. Sand away. You know my biggest complaint with the salmon? Hmm. How does it know to make belt buckles? Yeah, I don't understand how his clothes, they also... Why was he human? There are surely stronger beings. At least him still, I guess. Well, he doesn't have to be. He can be any shape he body wants to. And you know, my other problem, why did the little girl give him a locket with her face in it? I don't know. Why does she have a locket with her own face in it? My only thought, logic police. <laughs> Detective Sinead of the <laughs> logic of police. Of the logic police. Was that it was the mum's or something? No, that was, it was his that he had left behind. Why something. would he have a locket? He is a 40-year-old man. Of his daughter. Who he loves, probably. He wouldn't have a locket. He loves his daughter. Apparently, he told us he did. <laughs> the Sandman character is, is awful, and but 
the reason, the fact is at the end with Venom, that's... Makes no sense. Whole shit. Put, put a pin in that because I want to come back to it, but I don't right. want to say something about okay. it now. Move on to Venom. Mm-hmm. So it came from space. Yeah, that's, the, that's a, a real comics thing. I don't like that, but I'm happy to go with it. I think it's shit when things just appear for no reason. The whole point of Spider-Man is that anybody could have become Spider-Man because they were doing research and it's very fact-driven and it's very based in well, logic. It just happened to be... It's science, right? And it just yeah. happened to be Peter who was bitten. And because he is such a good guy... He's he, using his powers for good. He's got Uncle Ben and he goes through that trauma. The first movie, he can be Spider-Man. Absolutely. If it was Flash, he would have become a villain probably. Absolutely. But, yeah. So here's my thing. Yeah. I just... What? What? Why? Why? Why the Venom? Why? Why was it the scariest bloody teeth thing mm. when... Oh, oh. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Terrifying. And then when he defeats it, he realizes it doesn't like sound. So then he just made it stay in one place and hit sound at it. That's how. That's how. That's how you destroy it. Really? I'm not sure. Yeah, something to do with the the vibrations or the something in the in the noise he doesn't like. Yeah. But it's controversial because in the comics, Eddie Brock is like a big tough guy apparently, and so when he gets the the spider symbiote venom thing, he turns into a big scary villain. But in this movie, for some reason, they got Topher Grace in as a sort of mirror image to Peter Parker, especially Tobey Maguire. That's going to ruin me forever because I always get them confused. I didn't even know he was in this film. Yeah. So, and then it's it's Venom who's supposed to be this big tough guy and then he's just got Topher Grace's face on, <laughs> on him. Apparently that was quite controversial to lots of the hardcore fans back in the day. Right. But it should be controversial because it's stupid. And then we have Harry, who... He just turns up 10 minutes into the film trying to kill Peter. Honestly, like, instead of having one great villain, like the previous two have had, let's have three shit villains that Mm. aren't explored and have no depth. And he gets hit, he hits his head and he's got amnesia for most of the movie. (laughs) So bullshit. And Peter's just like, all right, I'll go with it. (laughs) (laughs) You know the thing I hate the most, though? They have the fight when Peter's, like, evil Peter and Mm. he throws the grenade in Harry's face, which somehow caused him, like, permanent burns to half his face. Then at the end he's like, hey, Harry, I need your help. Mm. And Harry's like, well, you burnt half my face, but I guess I'll help you. Poor Mary Jane, but even No, 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 no. (laughs) Why doesn't he go, hey, Harry, don't kill me, hold up. There was this evil thing that was possessing me, and that's why I blew off half your face. It wasn't me, Peter, who actually really loves you and really cares for you. Also, we have this slight problem right now, and I could really use your help. All forgiven? Cool. At the moment, he's like, you have to help me, and then doesn't say anything else. Why would Harry go with him? He tried to kill him, and for all he knows, that was actually Peter. This could be a trap. This could be like a big final booby trap so that he gets killed. It makes no sense why he would go with him. That's my biggest complaint of these films, as much as I like the first two and don't like the third that much. Peter is not a very good Spider-Man in these films, in the sense that he's reactive. He hears a siren, he goes after the siren, he sees Doc Ock is doing something, he'll go chase him, but after that battle is done, he pretty much just lets it go. In this film, he 
defeats Sandman once, and was like, okay, dusts his hand off the sand, and he's like, this is fine, I'll go back to being me. And he doesn't talk to anybody. You're right, he could have solved that fight again. Been like, hey, everybody, just update Facebook. And it wasn't around <laughs> back then, but he'd do this now. FYI, there was a symbiote thing that was really mad, made me evil, made me do my hair weird mm-hmm. and dance strangely. Mm-hmm. That's yep. why I was evil. I'm cool again. Can I have some chocolate milk and a glass of milk? Chocolate cake. Chocolate cake. <laughs> chocolate milk and a glass of cake. Look. Still fine. I. Oh. Like, oh. at least Batman is out there actively trying to defeat the Joker. My question, though, isn't that Spider Man's character, though? Kind of. Yeah, well, I guess the point is when he's not fighting somebody, he's trying to go to college and trying to make Live ends meet. Live a normal meet, life, that kind trying, of thing. Right? Looking after Aunt May and stuff. And he doesn't. Doesn't like escalating the fights because then he puts his people in danger. Well, and, stuff. and also he's not like the Punisher that like seeks out all these baddies. Although maybe um, he is in certain versions of the film, but you know. Well, I, I just think that if he was a little bit more proactive, things could have been solved a bit easier. Yeah, and you know, in Amazing Spider-Man one and two, he's a little bit more proactive about certain things. So, I so. could I finish our discussion of Spider-Man three mm-hmm. with my biggest issue with the film? Please. My biggest issue with Spider-Man 3 is that they retconned Uncle Ben. That's actually unforgivable. And that's why I'm with you. I don't like people, you know, disregard a certain part of a story just because it doesn't agree, they don't agree oh with it. Oh, my God, I hate it. This, I, I, it doesn't happen. It never happened. <laughs> never happened. Because. That was a fever dream he had when he was <laughs> Venom or whatever. Here's the thing, right? The thing about Uncle Ben is that Spider-Man, Peter, needs to overcome that. Because the last conversation he had with him, he threw it in his face and said, you're not my father. And he's just given him the great power, great responsibility. He's Speech. like, you know what, he's I'm like, going to go be a wrestler you. and get money in so I can yeah. impress MJ. Right? So he's got that inner conflict. He doesn't know. Did he The last conversation he had yeah. with him, yeah, he had the meeting as he was dying, you know, or whatever. But that's such a big thing mm-hmm. of his character. It inspires him the rest of his life to Absolutely. be Spider-Man. Then in number two, he has a sort of dream sequence, conversation, flashback thing where he's like, I can't be Spider-Man. I'm really sorry. I can't. Mm-hmm. And he, that's another bloody dagger and, in Uncle Ben's heart. And in his dream, Uncle Ben is still saying, no, you have to try. Bloody Uncle Ben. I mean, have, he, he deserves a bloody medal for having to deal with this little shithead kid. <laughs> Honestly. Well, he's the reason Peter became... It becomes what he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. He tells him he's not his dad. Oh, I don't want to talk about it. He is his dad. Anyway, and then for them to say that, oh, no, this actually didn't happen. The guy that Peter let go from the wrestling thing who stole the money, he didn't actually kill Uncle Ben. So I'm sorry. What was the whole effing point of the first movie then? Mm Mm-hmm. The whole point was that he he killed the guy who killed Uncle Ben, right? And he could have very easily gone down that path of retribution and anger. But no, he chose good. Power, great responsibility. responsibility. And hate retconning things. I hate it so much, especially when it was fine to begin with and I'm sick of people touching things and meddling with them when they were fine to begin with. I don't mind a retcon if it makes something make more sense or make something better. 
this one makes it so much worse. It does. It makes you feel like, oh, what have I done last, yeah. you know, four hours of the first two movies? And my biggest complaint was with Sam at the beginning when he was with his wife. He's like, she's like, you killed a man. And he's like, I had a good reason for doing so. Then we find out the big reveal at the end was that he didn't mean to kill him. So he didn't have a good reason for doing so. He had a good reason for stealing the money, but not for killing the man. That was a mistake. That was an accident. So what? Why? How? I don't understand what you were trying to do with that. It is stupid, and I don't believe that that's how Uncle Ben died, and I'm just going to sit in my little cave and put my pillow over my head and go la, 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 because I'm not – this is just stupid. It's ridiculous. Well, I think they were trying to – incorporate Sandman into Peter's life because every villain has to have some sort of personal connection, connection to, to Peter. Parker. But it's so stupid. It was fine. It was it was actually perfect the way it was. Yeah, I don't like Sandman. I like the character. I don't like him in this film. I'm angry now. Okay. Well, let's talk about overall thoughts of the three films, the okay. first trilogy. Overall, pretty damn good. One and two are high points of superhero films number three the less said the better but i'm worried that because number three was so bad that number one and two lose a bit of their magic Mm. it's like the same thing where people mad at george lucas because he gave them star wars which was great but then he also made prequels which Mm -hmm. they don't like and it's like here you gave me two perfect examples of superhero films and then and then you give me number three which is just what is that the interesting points, the name. Because, like, what if you watch the first 10 minutes of something and then you you don't watch any more and you're like, yeah, I think this is how it ended. Well, it's not how it ended, is it? No. But can we disregard a whole film being part of the series? <sighs> Tricky one. I guess we'll get through it sometime. Something I want to say about all three films. Mm-hmm. Something I noticed about the villains that I hadn't really thought before. Mm-hmm. They're all mind-controlled in some, some way. So none of the villains are actually bad guys, apart from Sandman, who isn't mind-controlled. Green Goblin. Green Goblin, he goes crazy because he's trying to do the serum thing, yeah. and he starts killing people. Doc, Doc Ock has the chip yep. in his neck, yep. and so it's actually, is it the tentacles? It's or the is arms, it, yeah. Yeah, it's the inhibitor thing yep. has gone away. And he, in the end, redeems himself. Yes, yeah. But he's, he's doing evil stuff because he's kind of being half mind-controlled. Harry? Harry, the same, he's... He's doing the same treatment that oh, his yeah, dad serum. is doing. Yep. Venom, Venom is like takes over your body. Okay. And Sandman. Sandman. No. He's being convinced to do bad stuff. He's actually not mind controlled. So the reason he's being an evil guy isn't actually very good. The reason is just because. <laughs> There's no villain that is actively, you know, thinks they're in the right. They're all in some way had their minds controlled somehow, apart from Sandman. But he's shit anyway. <laughs> isn't that interesting? I wonder why they thought that was how they had to do the hmm. characters. Are most of the villains in Spider-Man's universe mind control? Well, from what I understand, not really. Hmm. And I'm, I'm pretty sure from what I know about Vulture, who's going to be in Spider-Man Homecoming, he's like doing evil stuff because he wants to. Mm-hmm. Thinks he's doing the right thing in a certain twisted way, but it's not because he has an evil chip in his head. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a bit more cartoonish, a bit more childish, isn't it, that the bad guy's doing it because... Something went wrong and he's yeah. being mind-controlled. It's an interesting point. I haven't really thought about it before. But, yeah, it's interesting that you raise that. I think overall, Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man will always be my Spider-Man because he was my first Spider-Man. And I think same for you. 
But I think sometimes that's just like, oh, you just think he's that because he's the first one you ever saw. But I don't think so. I think that performance of Peter Parker and Spider-Man, well, Peter Parker specifically. You think he's a bit of a a better Peter than he is better Spider-Man? Well, I know that's what lots of people have said. Mm. And look, I probably would agree, but I don't think he was that worse at Spider-Man. he's not an awful Spider-Man. He was great at both. There might have been someone else that did a better version of the Spider-Man aspect, but But, it was not a crap performance by any means. And the way that he captured the innocence and the naivety and the way that he couldn't speak in front of Mary Jane and the way Mm -hmm. he was a bit bumbly and he was so clever and he was a real sort of nerd Spider-Man, like a genius, boy genius, which I like about that character and I think gets lost in lots of the future translations. They turn that nerd and intelligence into geek and a bit hipster if you're almost in the next one. Yeah. And I like that he's a bit cliched and a bit, you know, Mm. boyish. I, I, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I love his woohoos. Yeah. He gives the best woohoo when he's being Spider-Man spinning around. Yeah. I think, at the moment, I just want to mention it because it's so cool. Mm -hmm. And it goes to what you're saying about him being a bit dorky and quirky. In the second film, when... He saves Mary Jane when the, half the building and he's holding it yep. from her. And he's like, oh, hi, this is really heavy. Yeah. That's so cool. It's so great. Because it, it's not what Iron Man would say. No. Or if Iron Man would say it, he would say it with like a, like a sarcastic way. He's saying it in an honest way. That's all he can think about yeah. with the girl he loves. And that's what I like about him as a character. He's quirky and rough and he's not smooth and knows all the right things to say, like yeah. bloody Captain and Iron mm, Man and yeah. all these characters that know the right thing to say in every situation and they're so smooth and all the girls mm-hmm. want them. Thinking about Peter, he doesn't know what to say. He doesn't know the right thing to say and he mm. puts his foot in it and he doesn't know how to be nice to the girl he likes. and More relatable. Yeah, absolutely. Because there's a place for characters who you want to want to be you want to emulate someone like batman or iron man yeah but it's also a place for characters who are much more relatable and much more like every man sort of for every person and you two could be peter parker you know like mm-hmm. it, i don't know yeah spider-man's power isn't the spider aspects it's him being a nice guy mm-hmm. and learning his lesson from uncle ben absolutely i'd also just like to say i like the fact that he has the powers mm. the webs come out of him yeah, and that's that was again was controversial back in the day. It makes I think sense it, though, doesn't it? The spider bites him. I'm fine with it. And the it spider makes, bites him. All the spiders have the different yeah. abilities, and he gets those. Doesn't that makes and, the most sense out of any other thing? Yeah. All right. What would you give number one out of five? Out of five, five. Me too. What would you give number two out of five? Probably four and a half or four. Four and a half. I'd probably give four and a half. Are we giving halves? Yeah, four yeah, and I'll a half. Yeah, I'll give four and a half. Okay. What would you give number three? Like a one or a two. I'd honestly give it a one. I yeah. hate it so much. I'd Actually, no, I'm not going to choose to rate it. Oh, unrated. Unrated. Okay. Because I refuse to believe that this happened. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about this Spider-Man overall? Yeah, it's, it's, it's the best Spider-Man so far. You reckon? You reckon this one's still the best one? Yeah, Tobey Maguire. Still the best Spider-Man to date. Okay. Haven't seen Homecoming. Perhaps that'll change soon. We shall see. Okay, so we jump forward from 2007 to 2012. And all of a sudden we've got a new Spider-Man. They were, they were trying to do a Spider-Man 4 for ages. 
with Tommy Maguire and the old gang, but it fell through. And they were like, all right, we need to keep the rights to this film mm-hmm. series. We have to make a new one soon. Let's just reboot it, even though it's been, you know, 10 years since we first had a Spider-Man, and it's only been five years since the last Spider-Man film. Crazy. So there was a lot of hate from a lot of people because they didn't see the point of why we needed a new origin story. Mm-hmm. And it is very much an origin story, which is, you know, playing with the same story elements that the original Spider-Man played with. And I think did it quite well. But do we need a new Spider-Man film with the new origin story every couple of years? Here's my thing, right? There are so many aspects of Spider-Man as a character. And why would you try and recreate a perfect film? They basically tried to redo mm-hmm. Toby's number one, which... With just... Why? You know, changing, <laughs> slightly changing a few elements. Like, I don't understand. They could have started mid-swing. How cool would that have been? We just mid-swing. Here's the guy now. This guy's Spider-Man. We're all on board. We know we're seeing this film with mm-hmm. a new Spider-Man. Moving on. So when we had Batman Begins, that was cool because we'd never had a real Batman origin story before yep. on screen even though we had other Batman, so it was kind of cool going back to the beginning, the new worlds, back to basics. But that's what Spider-Man was. It was the origin story. Mm-hmm. So what they could have done as the reverse is started him a slightly different element. Maybe they're like, they're, you know, people be confused, is it the same Spider-Man? Did like, all the stuff previously yeah. happen to this one? I get that. And I understand that that is a, could have been a concern. Perhaps, perhaps there are ways of doing it, though, that wasn't, just like copy and pasting the first bits and then just changing a few elements. It's like, you know, yeah. when you're a kid and you just copy and paste from Wikipedia and change a few words and thinking that that's... That's basically that's what right. this is, isn't it? This is the Wikipedia equivalent of a film. Yeah. <laughs> but I still like Andrew Garfield and the films are pretty much powered by his chemistry with Emma Stone as Gwen yes. Stacy. Oh, we didn't mention Gwen Stacy being shoehorned into oh, Spider-Man 3. Yeah, rewind. Spider-Man 3, Gwen Stacy turns up and is nothing like the character That's for no reason. another thing that Peter never apologises for. Yeah, he's like, total... yeah, I just made out with Gwen in front of everybody. But just deal with it, Mary Jane. And also he brings Gwen to the place. Oh, it makes no sense. Oh, my God. He's just addicted and she doesn't even turn up again. And he never explains that that was because he was evil. Crazy. Anyway. Yeah, this Gwen Stacy this is This Gwen great. is the real Gwen. Yeah, she's <laughs> I a... love Bryce Dallas Howard, but this is, this is the proper Gwen. Yeah. And if there is one great thing about... These sets, this set of films, the Andrew Garfield ones, it is the chemistry between the two. Yeah. Um, when they were dating in real life, I'm pretty sure. Yes, it was, mm. yeah. I think my biggest issue with the cut and paste is mm. that they didn't commit to that, though. So they're not like, they're like, oh, we're doing an origin story, but we're not going to say with great power comes great responsibility. We're just going to say when you're, you have powers, you might have to do some things. Your father said that if you had a moral responsibility to do something, you had the you had the right you had no you had to do that thing. <laughs> Why can't you just say it? Why can't you just say it? With great power comes great responsibility. And it's done it, and it's done. Because they're doing it but also trying to not do it. Because if they just did it again, if they used the same script, people would have been like caught onto them. Well, this was shitter. This was yeah. more stupid. I understand. And I don't need to see another Uncle Ben die. I get Uncle Ben dies. I'm sick of seeing Batman's parents die, mm-hmm. and I'm sick of seeing Uncle Ben die. Yeah, we get it. They did. We understand, and that's something in the new new Spidey. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. He's already dead. Uncle Ben's dead. We get it. We don't need to worry about that. Yeah. I don't know why they couldn't have just done it with this one as well. The thing that I don't like about Andrew Garfield's performance 
is that it does turn Peter into more of a hipster, you know, mumbly sort of teenager. Awkward. And he's like a a geek rather than a nerd, if you know that, if you can understand that distinction. Yeah, like he skateboards. He skateboards and takes photos and... I don't know, like in a yeah. obnoxious way rather than a yes. endearing way. <laughs> and the thing that I don't like is that, I don't know, with Toby, with his little boyish face and his glasses, he looked like a mm. bit of a dweeb. Yeah. You can't make Andrew Garfield look like... Yeah, even when he's wearing his glasses, he still looks like no. a model. He's like he? Swish, he like a, just walked out the front of mm. GQ, you know, and he's trying to be Peter Parker. My issue with the film is that he hasn't even become Spider-Man until a bloody hour into the film, almost halfway through. It does take a while. You're already making people watch another Spider-Man origin story and then you take ages for it to get yeah. going. And I think he is a good Spider-Man once mm. he becomes Spider-Man, but I don't think he's a great Peter Parker. I remember we, we actually paused it as soon as the Spider-Man stuff started happening. And we're like, we this looked, is actually getting yeah, interesting. We looked now. at the time. It was halfway through the film. Yeah. And... This is where maybe he did a better job at being Spider-Man than Toby did. Yeah, I do love the bit with the knife when he's... Oh, it is incredible. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of stuff. That's yeah. Spider-Man, right? Making fun of them and poking fun. Mm. It's like, oh, you can't get me sort of thing. That arrogance. But that arrogance belongs to Spider-Man and Spider-Man's persona. In this film, he takes that arrogance onto Peter. Mm, and so. I don't like that. I don't think that's who Peter is because, as you said earlier, the whole point of Spider-Man is that he has all these character traits that Peter doesn't Mm. and he can be something different when he puts the suit on, you know. And the other thing that I'm not sure about is all the mechanics and the making of the suit and everything. Yeah. I think it's super intelligent and, yeah, totally suits the story and everything. I don't think it suits this version of, of Peter Parker because I don't buy the geniusness with the awkwardness mm. of this, the bit of developing the own suit and writing formulas and figuring out the web and all that kind of stuff, I actually think more suits the character that Tobey Maguire created in Peter, not the Andrew Garfield version. Mm. So I really struggle, like, I don't know, I just really struggle with that. I I just don't buy that he was genius enough to create those things. Fair enough. Yeah, I don't get the point of him having to create his own webs either because then you just get that awkward bit in the fight where they get broken. You're like, oh, what's he going to do now? Here's my question, though. They only have a certain amount of string in them. So he'd have to bloody refill them every night, wouldn't he? There's a line in the film where it's like it can hold a thousand metres or something. But but why does it ever run out? That could be cool. I don't know. I don't get it. Mark Usher. Bloody makes a cameo appearance from our (laughs) House of Cards podcast. Sans... Turtleneck. I know. Why they, they spent so much time developing that story, though, with his parents, oh, and then it God. went nowhere. It's carried on to the second film for ages, and then it has mm-hmm. no impact or anything on the rest of the film. Again, I think there was some studio disagreements in this film. Yeah. From, you know, from the studio and from the creative team of the film. But I know it's annoying when the film comes out, and it's not very good. I think the I, first the first one is fine. a good film. It's fine. And if we didn't have the other films, we'd probably be like, oh, it's a great Spider-Man. Absolutely. So yeah, I'd probably still give it, like, I don't know, four stars. Yeah. I I remember watching it at the cinema and really liked it. It's and great once it gets into it. It just takes bloody forever to I get know. there. And I've, I've, I'm a bit of an apologist for it as well because since number two came out and since this film series ended and he entered into the Marvel yeah. universe, everyone just seems to hate on it. 
Mm. That's a bit unfair to Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone and everyone who made these two pretty yeah. good films. Not as good as any other as some films, but you know, still pretty good. I feel really annoyed that Andrew Garfield didn't get a proper crack at it. I still don't I know. feel like he. Yeah. The first sign that they weren't going to make money, they just dropped him. I feel like, and they just mm. threw him out. And and I'm looking forward to Tom Holland, and he was great in Civil War. Yeah. And great in all the trailers I've seen and everything for Homecoming, but wouldn't it have been great for. Andrew Garfield to be up against Tony Stark. He would have yeah, been wonderful. Yeah, would have been really great. You know? That's the thing, I think. There's no bad Spider-Man performance. No. They're just different. But people talk about this one being bad. That's what I don't so. like. I think it does a disservice to Andrew Garfield and his creation of the character and also Mark Webb because mm. it's a good, it's a pretty good film. Like, it's fine. Yeah, it's it, just... it does the relationship stuff better. Absolutely. So. He's obviously getting his, yeah, you know, funny. 500 days of summer in there. They're beautiful scenes together. Interesting fact. Mm-hmm. 500 Days, from my favourite film. Good to know. I'm with the podcast now. <laughs> yes. I think the biggest issue we both have, well, not an issue we have with this film, the ending of this film leads you to believe that he's made a promise he can't keep. Mm-hmm. With Gwen. With Gwen, right? Makes interesting. interesting. Great. We, we'll, we shall develop that further in the, in the sequel, we think. Get Cut to, the, to 2014. Number two. Rise of Electro. Oh, God. <laughs> You're going to say that after every life. Well, that's a full title. <laughs> and they're back together straight away. So why bother having that ending of him not being with her if he's going to undo it and then undo it again 10 minutes into the film? I think you said the wrong thing then. No. They undid the ending of the first film and then undid it again. Yeah. I, full disclosure, we went to see Spider-Man 2, Rise of Electro, <laughs> twice in the cinema. The first time, we enjoyed it. The second time, we definitely did not. And you know why, Lonnie? We got bloody honeyed, honey-trapped, birded. What's the, what's the expression? Honey-trapped. Honey-trapped. By the beautiful scenes of them together and the beautiful acting and the incredible little twitch of her nose and the little ground rule scene, which I love. I want the straight out of a rom-com, that scene. I love it. Mm. It's perfect. But Actually, there's lots of good sequences in this film. They just don't add up to anything no, worthwhile. No, it makes no and sense. the death especially affects you, doesn't it, when you first watch it. Okay, so I didn't know that Gwen died. Apparently, everyone bloody knows this, and everyone in the cinema was like, yep, she's going to die, and they're in the clock tower, which is where she dies in the comics, and I'm just sitting there, little Sine watching the thing, and then you hear a skull hit the concrete, and I I cried. I was a mess. I couldn't handle it. I had no idea this was happening, and Both everyone times. around me knew. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I agree with you. We, we liked it the first time, watched it again, didn't like it, but then this time, watching it again, I was kind of okay with it. Yeah, interestingly, I was too, because I knew what to expect. And I think perhaps the second time I was just working out what was wrong with everything. So once I had worked that out, I was okay with it again. Yeah. So in Electro, rather Electro, as I call it, I really love a few scenes. I like the first sequence when he's with the rhino and he's hanging off the truck, being the rhino and getting to the mm-hmm. graduation late. It's pretty cool. I really like all the sequences with Gwen. Mm-hmm. Just full stop. Great. I really like the first fight with Electro. Cool. 
It's green in the one in, in Times Square. In Times Square. Yeah. You can actually see how Electro sort of turns and goes crazy, right? Mm. Because, well, you can. It's perhaps not 100% well done, but it's okay. so cool. and so really nice, beautiful scenes. Mm. The thing I like the most is when he um, helps the little kid from the bullies and walks home with him. That's Spider-Man. That is what Spider-Man should Spider-Man, be. That's Spider-Man, yeah. Sadly, that leaves every other scene of the film to be pretty shit. <laughs> are they Are they three? <laughs> well, the first sequence goes for like 15 minutes in the plane and has no relevance to anything else. Mm. When Spider-Man or Peter finds the um, subway station. And the, Super cool. Great. Really interesting. It has no but bearing it doesn't on mean anything, anything else. You know, I hate it when it turns out that because it was his dad's blood and he got bitten by the spider. That's how he got the powers. I hate that too because it turns Spider-Man into a chosen one and he is not a chosen one character. Harry Potter yeah. is. He's everything you said before. He's, he happens to fall into these circumstances yes. and then because he's a good guy, he can... He uses his powers for good, right? right? Isn't that the whole effing point of Spider-Man? I just... Oh. They're trying to make it into a bigger thing, you know, like it's... Yeah. Oh, I know, because everything has to be saving the world and universal and all that kind of crap. So every other scene is not very good. And they spent half the film trying to set up other films that now won't actually happen. Which I hate. I I know it can't happen and I understand why, but I almost wish that they could just make those films, even if they knew they weren't going to make any money. Just finish the storyline because it's so obvious in this film, all the things that are set up, so many things. Well, I don't like the fact that Oscorp would have developed all the villains in Spider-Man. No, I, I don't like that at all. It's been a bit silly. But, you know, and it's a shame, like, we don't get to see Lucy Jones be Black Cat. That would have been cool. Yeah, I had no idea that that mm. was supposed to be a thing. And the way they've shoehorned in Harry Osborn to this story, it was kind of cool how they were okay with us understanding these guys were friends before. We didn't have to see all their relationship before. But... Why he turns into a villain at the end and then he kills Gwen for no reason. In the last 10 minutes. It makes no sense. And I thought he knew that Peter was Spider-Man when he first asked Peter to get Spider-Man's blood. That performance suggested to me he knew all along. And then no, they redo be- it at the end when he's like, oh, Gwen, two and two together. Oh, he said be because he saw the photo. That's why. Okay. Rewatch that scene and tell me that in that performance you do not see something more. Well, why didn't he just ask him, give me your blood? Why did you ask him to go get Spider-Man's blood? I think he was threatening him. He was, like, calling him out. He's like, I could expose mm. you sort of thing. Maybe. You don't believe Aunt May knows in the buddy second <laughs> film. <laughs> I don't know how you believe that. And well, does she do. know on this one? Does Sally Field know? Well, for some reason, I thought there was another scene in there where she pulled his suit out of the washing machine. But I've just completely concocted that in my head because it doesn't happen yeah, at all. She asked him, everything went blue and red. and red. blue, yeah. So maybe you just invented the scene. I must have, yeah. yeah. I, I don't buy Harry in this film. Yeah. I buy James Franco's Harry reluctantly. And this Harry I'm not on board with 100%. Mm-hmm. The acting is very over the top, very on the nose. I don't know why we need to have another effing Green Goblin. There are so mm. many villains to choose from in these worlds, and yet they still go back to the same ones. There have been five films so far. We've had three Green Goblins. Three Green Goblins, yeah. Two the same Harry. as Batman and the Joker. I get the Joker's a cool character, but mm-hmm. buddy, make a film about someone else, you know? Well, Spider-Man, the thing I have to say about Marvel villains, they haven't always got the strongest villains as opposed to Batman mm-hmm. and Pretty much Batman on the on the DC side, mm-hmm. but Spider Man does. He has really cool villains. 
Yeah. Got so many to choose from. It'd just be cool to see some of them. Yeah, if we see the same ones over and over, what's the point? And they did that. They got the lizard for yes. the first one. And it, was, yeah. it was quite a cool. You couldn't see them because they didn't do that in the last ones, right? They had Dr. Connors who had one arm and they didn't Everyone's... pay that off. And it's not like, oh, everyone's going to love seeing Green Goblin. Because I think most people have been like, oh, him again. Yeah. So. And the fact that he turns up in the last, he's not even the main villain. The issue with this is pretty mm. similar to the issue with Spider-Man 3. Yeah. Is there's too many villains and they're half arse. Just go with it. And go then, with one, make it a real villain. So they've got Rhino, they've got Electro, and they've got mm. Green Goblin. They've got three again. And they're not doing any of them fully. Well, I was okay with Rhino because he was like, you know, the first little action sequence to start the film off. That was cool. Then they bring him back at the end. I Yeah, I hated and, that end bit. I really did. And But, like, if, if, if you're going to have a villain just for the opening bit, Rhino's pretty cool. Cause I, don't, I don't, from what I understand, there's not much to him as a character. Yeah. He's a Rhino. Well, that's fine. Like, <laughs> that was have a cool opening sequence, though. He wasn't. The thing about Spider Man 3 is that three villains the whole film try and make them all work, you know? Yeah. But you're right. Too many characters, too many storylines that didn't go anywhere. I'm surprised. they. Do you know they, they shot scenes? With Shailene Woodley as Mary Jane for this film. Really? Mm. She would have been interesting to see as Mary Jane. Yeah, she was going to be Mary Jane in the feature films, but they ended up cutting them and then they didn't make it. So <laughs> she never gets to be Mary Jane. So you told me that Mary Jane in the first films, the Tobey Maguire ones, is basically Gwen? Yeah, from I haven't read too many Spider-Man things. I don't think I've even read a Spider-Man. I've read a couple of Spider-Man comics, but I haven't read a whole bunch of them. And from what I understand, when he was at high school, he was with Gwen. Right. And she was pretty much the same storyline aspects that Mary Jane was in the first right, few films. Okay. But for whatever reason, I think maybe Mary Jane was more popular at that stage or okay. they were worried people wouldn't know Gwen as well or whatever. Mm. They kind of copied and pasted and changed those ones. It's interesting because I would have liked to see Mary Jane as Mary Jane. Like I've never... And then I think, spoiler alert for Spider-Man in general, he goes on to like be with Mary Jane for most of oh, his yeah, life. Oh, yeah, he like marries her and stuff. But he also has Black Cat as a love interest right. in certain aspects as well. So, you know. Um, one thing I don't like about the film that, interestingly, I only noticed through this watch is that Max as a character is actually mentally ill mm. or at least seems presents that way. He's quite obsessive. He's a bit bumbly, can't communicate very well. Um, I like he's on the spectrum somewhere. Yes. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Without being offensive to anyone, I I get well, that impression, right? What the film does is offensive to. Yeah, but American. then they just say, "Oh, he's just crazy. Don't worry, he's just electro and he's crazy." But him as a character, he's got this obsession with being noticed and being seen and being being validated, right? And mm-hmm. then they just pass it off as, "Oh, he's just gone crazy now," and I feel like that does a disservice to mental illness and mm-hmm. that character. Like if that character has a proper problem. It's got a bloody wall where he pretends that he and Spider-Man have fought all these crimes together. He pretends that mm. Spider-Man has bought him a cake that he bought himself. Like, there's something not mm. going on there, right? And to just say, oh, yeah, he went crazy, I just, really, I don't know that that's yeah. okay to do. At, at least, like, chucking a toxin or something like they did in the first few Yeah, pictures. right? Just at least some mind control, not just, oh, he's like that because... He got rejected by Spider-Man once or something. Like, I don't, I don't know. I just think that was a bit weak. I understand he went through trauma and then he turns up and he's, like, live and electric and yeah. whatever. But then Spider-Man's like, yeah. I'm not going to shoot. And then they do shoot. And then he's like, all right, I'll kill Spider-Man now. Like, Yeah, mm. it's a bit weak. I mean, he's gone through stress and trauma, but mm. you're right. 
it's kind of saying that anybody with a mental illness, all they need is one bad thing to happen and all of a sudden they'll be a supervillain. Yeah. And that's I, I don't know. I don't I know like, that he was a right the right character to choose for this. Well, he's not really a villain, is he? No. Again, he's had something bad happen to him and for a sort of contrived reason he hates Spider Man, wants to kill him. Yeah. Like Sandman. Yeah. Like most of the characters, really. Yeah, really. <laughs> so Hopefully, hopefully they've changed Although, that for the new film. With like Doctor Ock, he wants to like you know do something that is going to endanger people, and that's when Peter step, Spider Man steps in, you know, or like that's for. I guess so, the but then picture. because Spider Man tries to stop him, he's like, all right, I'll kill Spider Man, then everything will be fine. But I think that's because he's getting in the way of his motive of what he wants to achieve, so he needs to get through that. Yeah, I understand that, but I still think Electro. That's not a very good example. Of oh no, not for Electro. So. I was talking about Doctor Ock. My other issue with the film is the ending where Gwen's death is just solved in two seconds and he's just going to go fight crime now because the little kid in the Spider-Man costume asked him to. Aunt May gave the kid across the road $5. (laughs) It's the same speech. She's like, people need Spider-Man. Yeah, I know. I get it. And I guess they do, but still. But wouldn't it have been cool to see the fallout though? We only get a a tiny payoff, though. Oh, crime's gone up. A news headline saying crime's gone up because Spider-Man's gone. That's it. It's a montage. I don't want a montage. I want to know what that actually meant for him. I heard somebody, when this film came out, that said that the death should have happened halfway through the film. That would have been so cool. Then you can actually deal with the consequences and deal with it properly. I mean, for the first film in this franchise to take so bloody long to get to being Mm Spider-Man and then for this second one to just rush everything. And waste time on storylines that don't go anywhere. Exactly. I feel like... What happened to Uncle Ben's killer? That was the reason he became Spider-Man. Right. Just gets dropped. So that's one thing that I did really love in the first film in this franchise. I loved the finding everyone who looked like the killer and looking for the tattoo. Yeah, but then it's dropped. But so. then it's dropped. Yeah, it's a cool but bit. It's a cool bit, and that would have actually been really cool in Tobey Maguire's bit, you know. Mm. But we didn't get the idea that he's he stopped that because he started being a vigilante helping the people. Yeah. He just sort of just gave up, forgot about because it. Because of no reason. And the lizard turned up. So. Yeah, and it never came back. He didn't revisit number two. The guy's still out there. But that's not an issue for him, though. It's not like he's like, oh, yeah. I can never defeat this one guy. It's always outsmarting me. It's just never thought about again. Mm. I don't know. Overall, I like Andrew Garfield. I think yeah. he's a better Spider-Man than a Peter Parker. I don't like hipster geek version of Peter Parker who skateboards. Yeah. I love Gwen. Yeah. I want to have Emma Stone's babies. Okay. Hope that's not a problem for you. Every film I see her in now, I see her as Mia from playing the character. <laughs> yeah. What did you think about overall this sort of franchise? The Amazing Spider-Man's not that amazing, but not as bad as as they're made out to be. Number one, it's a pretty good film. Number two has issues. I'm not going to rush back to see number two again. I don't think. No, I think I'd like I'd see what number one again. Yeah, it's pretty good. What and would you give number one out of five? That's probably like a, you know, three and a half or a four. Yeah. Number two is like a two, two out of Yeah. You know, so <laughs> I can appreciate them more now that, you know, they're, they're disappointing. They definitely are because you want every film to be good, and especially Spider-Man because he's such a cool character. But they've got problems because, like, why do they exist at all? Why do they exist the way that they are? They never build on anything because they yeah. give up halfway through halfway when it wasn't making money, you know? I, I, from what I understand, there are many different versions of these films. They like they're meddled with a lot. 
And then some they shot lots of other scenes that didn't actually end up anywhere. I have an issue with that from a filmmaking perspective. Like if you're shooting millions of storylines, do you even mm. know what film you're making? Like, Yeah, well, there's a whole storyline where his dad comes back at the end. What? Yeah. When Mark Usher comes back in a turtleneck? I hope so. <laughs> he's been cloned or something. I don't know. <laughs> Clones are a real thing in the Spider-Man universe. There's a whole, this whole saga where there are other Spider-Men who are cloned, Spider-Clones, and people have actually conjectured, is that a word, perhaps, on the line, about in the future they might do a Spider-Man multiverse clone universe thing where they get the old Spider-Mans back. I would love that. Me too. Oh, my God, I'm living for that. I'm living for that film where Toby, Andrew, mm-hmm. and Tom are all in this. Oh, my God. That'd be so cool, wouldn't it? If I was a millionaire... Hmm. I donate money to that so Make it can that happen. happen. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that was the Amazing Spider-Man one and two, Rise of Electro. And I feel I do feel upset that Andrew Garfield got a bit shortchanged. Yeah, I do too. Especially because in Captain America: Civil yeah. War from last year, Tom Holland turns up and is pretty amazing. And so everyone's like, "Oh, look at Andrew Garfield! Shit, this guy's awesome." Not the case. They're both awesome. Yeah. Tom Holland is really cool, though, and it, is, it seems like it's a return to his roots, his Tobey Maguire roots, if you will. And, I, and what I like about this one is that he just turned up and he was Spider-Man, and we're okay with it. Yeah, I like that too. The bit where he steals Captain's shield is, is, oh, it's so great. It's, it's so, so great cool. as an intro, isn't it? Yeah. And it's a bit weird that like he's turned up in a different film, but he's part of the universe now, and it's kind of it's going to be cool to see him yeah. be part of that. Yeah. I find it interesting, though, because Spider-Man seems like a kind of um, street crime hero. He's more like a daredevil than a yes. Iron Man. Yes, and I'm wondering how that's going to fit in when Iron Man's all about like saving the world and when Peter just wants to protect New York. But it'll be interesting to see. I think that is that's part of the, the conflict and yeah, the drama, yeah, so yeah. that's going to be cool. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about a young Aunt May. Yeah. I love Marissa Tamai, but Aunt May... Maybe it's because of the first version I saw, but she's always old to me. And Peter has to look after her, and that's one of his mm. that's one of his conflicts, isn't it? That he has to provide for her and he needs to look after her and she loves him. I, I don't know. Well, I, th- I think, to their credit, they're doing something different. They're not just getting yeah. an older lady in again because... Absolutely. That's what they've done in the past. And maybe if, you know, Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man had done some new different yes. things, maybe he would have... Flipping around. So, 100%. 100% agree with you. So if Marissa Tomei is... Is Tomei or Tomai? No clue. Okay. Just go with one. <laughs> if she is a young Aunt May, yep. or younger, who would have been her Uncle Ben? I don't think anyone's been cast, but perhaps that's in the next film. Who knows? Who do you reckon it would be? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a limb. Yeah? Get ready. Okay. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, you see that old? Isn't she like in her like late forties? Oh, I'm sorry. Are we being ages now? No, I'm... I thought we were doing a young Uncle Ben. It's like in his thirties, isn't oh, it? You want a bit older? All right. No, well, no, no. That, that could work. I'll give you a bit older. And Andrew Garfield with some grey streaks. I mean, <laughs> what's his name? Jason Gordon-Levitt. He's pretty cute. What about Steve Carell? You just say that because they're in Crazy Stupid Love together. Yes. It's good though. It's actually a really good choice. He's a silver fox now. Have you seen that? Oh, yeah. 
I, yes, okay. I have. So, so, so now he's got some, some <laughs> secret issues there. That would be actually kind of cool if he turned up as it would be, yeah. Uncle Ben. Yeah. But stay dead, though. So. I liked the stuff in um, with Spidey and Civil War. I liked how Iron Man knew that it was him and he threw the cards and like had to catch mm. him and stuff. It was cool. We were right yeah. in it immediately. And he's young and he's different. Here's my biggest thing, right? And you can trust nitpicks and A to bloody pick up on and have issues with random things. I'm not sure I like the eyes being animated. Yeah. I like the goggles. Like it's cool having expressions and stuff, but it makes no sense them being animated because isn't the suit a suit that he made himself? Or I assume Iron Man's going to give him a suit or something like that, right? But like why would they be animated? Why would they be animated like realistically? Yeah. I mean, I suppose even under a mask, if this mask is skin tight, it would move with your face. But Yeah, but it's not going to move like Daredevil's moves. But it shouldn't move the way that Deadpool's mask moves. Which is really animated, and because he's like a comic book character, and he knows it's comic book ta- character mm. and all that, it shouldn't move like that. Just because yeah. we like De- Deadpool doesn't mean you take those elements and apply it to every other character, movie people. Maybe it's easier for them in the filmmaking process. I'm not really sure. Why? So they can have a stunt man in the suit. I don't know. We should look this up. I'm. I'm not just saying what your your opinion is not wrong here. I'm. Not, I'm wondering why they're doing it. For some reason, why they wouldn't just do the goggles like they normally would. Well, I like the sort of mesh, sort of pseudo-realistic in Tobey Maguire's one of his mm. suit, but I also like the homemade version of mm-hmm. um, Andrew Garfield's with the sunglass lenses and the sort of um, breathable spandex and stuff. They work because he's flying around so much. Absolutely, right? right? But I'm not sure the animated thing really suits. Mm. But anyway, that's another thing I mean about the slickness of the film. The homemade nature of Spider-Man's suit suited his character. I'm not sure animated eyes suits character of well, Spider-Man. I think that's going to be the conflict because he's with Iron Man who's like trying to bankroll <sighs> him. But then does he do what Iron Man says? He only fought Captain America because Iron Man told him to. If Captain had come to him first, he would have gone with Captain. You know? I know. I totally agree with that. So hopefully there's mm-hmm. that's where some drama comes from. But I wonder I think if... it'll be a new spin. It's interesting. You know, It's not just Uncle Ben dying again and he's fighting a person. Oh, no, I know. Yeah. But I wonder if they're going to explore that in a homecoming or not, because it's not. Well, I banned you from watching the trailer because it revealed too much. So okay, all right. What are the, your upcoming? There, there are allusions to that perhaps happening, but I haven't seen the film, so I don't really know yet. What are your upcoming thoughts on homecoming then? To finish off this podcast, my upcoming homecoming thoughts. Yes. <laughs> I hope it's really good, and I think I'm liking how they're taking in a different direction. And it's cool; he's part of the Marvel universe again. Well, for the first time. And I'd love to see him on The Defenders or on Daredevil. Because in the comics, he and Daredevil are really good friends. Oh, they'd be so good together. Imagine watching Defenders and all of a sudden oh my God. Spidey speaks Oh, my God. Did you know that Wilson Fisk was originally a Spider-Man villain? You told me that. Kingpin, yeah. No way. I just think it's so crazy. And you're right, because he's more of a, a street-level criminal. But he does seem to get more of the... Doesn't fight gangs as much as he fights people who are street level with a little bit of pizzazz. <laughs> like Vulture. Creates his own Vulture suit, you know, that sort of oh, thing. Okay, yeah. Rather than Punisher who goes and kills gangs, basically. They have some interesting interactions, though. Spider Man and Punisher. Maybe they're like total opposites ends of the spectrum. Yeah, that would be interesting. Mm, they, in the comics, they've talked a lot. Hmm. 
I like the sassiness that we're seeing from Tom Holland yeah, as looking, Spider-Man. Looking forward to that. I like the back chat. Yeah. I liked that in in um, Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man as well. I think they nailed that really well. But so I'm looking forward to it, okay? I am looking forward to it. But I'm kind of stealing myself because I know that it's not going to be Toby and he's my number one. So I feel like yeah. I'll enjoy it. I'm sure I'll enjoy it, but it's never going to be what number one was for me. Okay. You heard it here first. Yeah, well, perhaps we'll release our homecoming episode soon and then we'll see what Sine thinks then. Will he beat Tobey Maguire? No. I'm telling you now, he's not going to. Okay. Well, you think Angori Rice is actually Gwen? 100%. There is no way that she's not. No way they get a young blonde actress to not play Gwen Stacy, right? Unless she's like Mary Jane. You're going to mess with us here. But who? she's one of them. Surely. Unless she's a new character of some sort. We'll see. Spider-Man, please be good. Well, it's really fun watching all the old Spider-Mans and talking about them now. It has. It's cool because we've got so many things on our to watch list and if we watched everything on to watch list we wouldn't yeah. be able to do anything else so it's really awesome to go back and it's put nice aside some time some. to watch some spider-mans yeah yeah uh, we'll be reviewing homecoming as soon as we can and we'll get it up pretty soon please be good i hope it's good let's pray to Tobey Maguire spider-man but <laughs> <laughs> it turns out all right it must be weird when you play that character like See other people, and see other people coming yeah. twice now for him. I, I guess you, that happens when you take on the role. But I guess so. Yeah. All right. Thank you for listening. Thank you. See you soon. Bye. No, 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 no. <laughs> Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.